Welcome to a special edition of Context Podcast and Design Drives. Uh, we're live from Chicago at the IDSA International Design Conference. I'm Hector Silva, representing Advanced Design, and we're here with um, Sebastian. You know, as part of Design Drives, and you know, you're you hail from Munich. Uh, here as a speaker at IDC, and uh, you're on the design team at BMW, right? Yeah. So thank you so much for making this possible yeah, and so for much. connecting the dots and making this you know, special collaboration between both podcasts. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah, pretty excited to, to chat with you. So I think what's interesting is also that you know, we, you know, we both you know, run a podcast, <laughs> but I also I think we, the, the mission I think is, is also interesting because... Uh, you know, advanced design is all about you know giving back to the community, and mm-hmm. it, this is also a little bit the, the drive behind you know design drives, obviously, to this whole topic about you know giving back. So I think from that kind of perspective, it's like great to you know connect. And so you know, I wonder a little bit about like how it all started out for you. Um, obviously, you, you do together with you know a bunch of other people, but you were really the driver, especially in the early days, uh, you know, be, behind this. So wondering a little bit how it all started out. Sure. I mean, this honestly started the idea of having a des- being a part of a design team really started when I was in grad school. Mm-hmm. When I was in grad school, um, you know, I've for those who know me, I've been very obsessed with you know Apple, and I love their aesthetic, and I have a lot of their products and things mm-hmm. like that. And um, so I'm an Apple fanboy, but you know, at Apple, Johnny Ive had his very private design team mm-hmm. and that design team they were all like brothers right and they all fed off of each other they all you know they all organically just functioned right um and when i was in grad school i had read this article about that about this exclusive and elite design team mm-hmm. that only reported to steve jobs mm-hmm. They were almost like second in command in Apple, which is a huge corporation. And when I read this article, I was like, man, I really want to uh, be a part of something. I don't know what that meant. Obviously, this was years ago. I didn't know what it would transpire into. But, you know, at the time, I was a part of the IDSA leadership here in Chicago and thought about, like, maybe I can do that with IDSA. Mm-hmm. Um, but I felt that if I really wanted to have something like that it would be something that i would have to create mm-hmm. right from the ground up things like that um you know and ever since i graduated undergraduate school um i've always been on this drive of just meeting everyone mm-hmm. getting to know as many people as possible and you when you're in design that's what you do you network right so planting seeds and things like that because um, you just never know what might happen someone someone might offer you a job or they might mm-hmm want to collaborate with you whatever the case may be but uh you know since 2009 i was planting seeds and creating relationships with people across the country and then when i started the organization in 2016 in the summer Mm -hmm. um a lot of my first and second year students came to me and they were like hey we want to do something this summer we don't qualify for an internship or we don't have much going on Mm -hmm can can you find us a space for us to meet like you know us a few of us to Make meet use it over the summer yeah be yeah. be productive over the summer um we can meet and 
you know, maybe you can show us stuff about sketching and things like that. And I was like, yeah, that'd be cool because, you know, you're not being graded. And even though I wasn't getting paid and they weren't getting school credit, we just built this bond, this relationship of, of trust and commitment. Like you show up and I show up, right? And that's really how the organization started. It started a summer workshop and at the University of Illinois in Chicago at UIC. And I like immediately just, I don't know, it was just like a spark that went off, turned into fire. And, you know, the, you know, I, I just got really close with those students. Like, I just felt like, you know, when they went back to school, like I had their back. Right. Mm -hmm. Because I went through the summer with them. It was almost like going away to like camp or something. Right. And you built this like internal bond with people for the rest of your life. You know, the school semester started and I started asking people to help me with a video library that I was working on. So I started reaching out to like 400 designers around the country. And I was like, hey, can you do you mind making a video for me? You know, just take your iPhone, find a quiet Mm -hmm. room. Talk about talk about you. Talk about what you do, who you work for, and if you are, you know, if you have a very, if you have a particular skill like sketching or your rendering or whatever the case may be, like show it, you know, because um, what I want to do is build a library and have this resource for anyone to look at for free. And I got like 150 videos back, well, mm-hmm. and I was like wow this is really cool resources because if anyone ever struggles with sketching they can go watch this video mm-hmm. if they struggle with this they can go over here and that's essentially what really started this snowball effect of the organization um, when I was at UIC I taught uh, design sketching which is like rapid viz your intro to and so for the summer, because it was a summer gathering, I was like, okay, this can be the advanced design sketching of mm-hmm. my design sketching course. Mm-hmm. And that's where that name came from. Interesting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's really long, and the name just kind of like it stuck, and it just stayed there. And we never really thought about it. Like we never we were like, okay, whatever. And I made a logo in like two minutes. <laughs> Um, because I, I just didn't know, it was so unofficial that I didn't know, you know, because the school was like, well, if you're going to use our facilities, you can't say that this is a summer class hosted by the school, right? They didn't want the school, the students to say that they were taking a summer class. It was more of a private thing. Exactly. Like the school didn't want to give us validation or credit. Like, don't say this. Don't say that this summer workshop is part of UIC. Mm-hmm. And so then I was I started to say, oh, well, it's an IDSA thing. It's hosted by IDSA Chicago since I was, you know, the chair at the time. But then after like two, three weeks, I was like, well, it can be like its own thing. Like it doesn't have to be through IDSA either. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, I'm just going to call it Advanced Design Sketching. I'll make a quick logo. I'll make an Instagram and the Instagram was to communicate with the students. Like, hey, this week we're doing this. This week we're doing this. And I was able to then ask my friends, like, you know, my professional friends, like, hey, can you Skype in? If you're in town, can you come visit us? And, like, people started to show up to, you know, these summer workshops. Um, the next summer we met again at UIC. And we had, um, we in the second summer... We actually collaborated with Coca-Cola. Oh, mm-hmm. 
I had a friend. Did Tom, he just approach you guys? No, well, but I had a friend. Uh, his name is Tommy Mitchell. Uh-huh. He was a designer at Coca Cola. He's no longer there, but I told him like, "Hey, I'm doing the summer workshop. It'd yeah. be really cool if we collaborate with a design team and I have the students be a part of this real industry level collaboration." And they're like, "Yeah," and they would Skype in with us every week, and the students would have designs for them, mm-hmm. and that was like the first taste of this collaboration with an industry partner mm, cool. um had michael de tulo was here um he was like visiting wisconsin like he was looking at frank lloyd holmes and he was doing something i think he was on vacation but he stopped by the workshop and he gave like a, a lecture a workshop and it was awesome and i was like cool like i don't know what this is but it's cool and the students were you know we're like, yeah, this is, you know, this is obviously benefiting them because they're going to go back to school and they're going to be ahead of, you know, their class. Mm-hmm. And then that fall, it was fall of 2016, when I when I went back to teaching at UIC, I started to be like, you know what, if this is going to be something serious, I need to select a team. Like, you know, I could have made a poster that said, looking for team members, it's open. Yeah. And I would have had like a hundred students sign up, but I know that if I was going to create something, I wanted to, I wanted to scout students that had the same ambition that I did, mm-hmm. that had the same, you know, uh, the same vision, the same fire, the same, you know, that they wanted to do something for the community, not for us. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's when I, I at school I started selecting like six students. Mm-hmm. Okay. I I was like, hey, can I talk to you? Met them in the hallway, and then I blew their mind when I told them what I was doing. And they're like, are you serious? <laughs> I don't think they took me seriously, but they were like, okay, sure. Um, Did you tell them about your ambition or? Yeah, I was yeah. like, you know, I have this idea. This is what I'm thinking. You can be the first person to be a part of this amazing organization like i whenever i i talk whenever i'm really excited about something i talk about it in a way that it already happened in the future mm-hmm. so i and i plant that vision in someone because you know like you gotta people have to trust you right yeah. you, you gotta um and i guess in that sense um that visionary right i'm that visionary um and you know you do this elevator pitch And you got to get them in the first seconds. And if you see their eyes light up, then you're like, they're the perfect person, right? Mm-hmm. I asked like six people and it took off from there. After that, we started meeting. And then we're like, you know, we started having monthly events in Chicago mm-hmm. where we brought in designers. And um, our first event drew in like 200 people mm-hmm. in a room that fit 80 people. Mm-hmm. And it was with Joey Celadon. I don't know if you know who he is, but mm-hmm. he's an awesome designer. Hey, podcast as well. Oh my <laughs> God, that's awesome. Um, so he was our first like guest, and that's when we introduced advanced design sketching to the community. Uh-huh. And we had like six or seven events that followed like every month um, for free. And then we met again, and we're like, you know, we we can't do this every month. We have to do something big, something that's gonna put us on the map Mm -hmm. something that's going to be disruptive and that's where we came up with the idea of having a conference 
square um, one. The square one. And the name came out of, you know, failure and starting from scratch when you, you know, mm -hmm. fail, right? And that's what our, our industry is, right? Yeah. Um, and then uh, after square one, it happened at UIC at the School of Design. And I think that school only fits 200 people when it's full capacity. We had like 600 people show up. Wow. Yeah. The it's rooms... more, more than a conference here. <laughs> <laughs> the room was like, I can see the bolts coming out of the windows because people were sitting on the floor. They were sitting on top of each other. Um, the Eventbrite that we made, we only had room for 300 people. Something happened where the Eventbrite kept accepting people's orders. And when we went back to check, there's like 640 some people signed up and we're like, how does this happen? Mm. Like we can't, like obviously we weren't going to refund 300 people because who, like, you know, like that's money, you know, like yeah. you can use that money to really change things and do stuff. And we were just like, we're just gonna, this was the day before too. It was like the night before and we just did it. Um, it worked out. Yeah, it uh, when we when my team and myself when we talk about it, we were like this this, this was like fire festival. <laughs> it was like fire festival, a little bit of Woodstock where yeah. it was just like internally camps. And, there's yeah, yeah, internally you know that there's disasters happening, but the people that are there don't see them because they're just having a good time, right? Yeah. Um, like everyone when everyone talks about Woodstock, they talk about the great times, but no one talks about the people that fucking died, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> like people. It was nuts. Um, yeah, so Square One was crazy, and the demand was so... After that, people were like, when's your next one? When's your next one? The demand just grew that um, 10 months later, we were we had our second one. Like, we didn't even wait a year. We, mm. we immediately started planning. There was a, the adrenaline, right? Like, our blood was pumping. We're like, oh, we have to top the next one or the first one. And the second one happened 10 months later here at IIT, the Institute, the Illinois Institute of Technology. They hosted us. And um, that was fantastic, too. We had about 500 people show up to that. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, and then after the conference. Yeah, yeah. Like, like those were really big conferences. And we were we had a, a stage like downstairs and we had a keynote and it was just really amazing and so rewarding and um it was just a really good feeling that you you did something from nothing, right? And um, after the second conference is when our organization really started to get organized. Because for the last two years, we were just, we had all of our eggs in one basket, which was a conference. But after that, that's when we really started to organize. Our organization started to split up into committees. We started to do initiatives. Um, one of them is the, this podcast, Context Podcast. The other one is Archive, which is the book initiative. Mm -hmm. Another one is Ready Set Proto, which is an, you know where we really promote prototyping. Another one is that we haven't announced yet, and I'm not going to announce it here. Uh, there's just so many, right? And the the committee is led by like four or five people, and they all have autonomy, and they all make decisions. Like this is where I want this initiative to go. Mm -hmm. Um. I don't make any of the decisions. I feel like I'm there to support and provide resources wherever I can. Yeah. Um, like I'm here at this conference and I'm meeting so many people, old people, you know, seeing old friends and making new ones. And the point is, you know, 
the people who want to be a part and supporting us, hey, then I put them in contact with, you know, committees that make sense, other initiatives. Yeah. Um, and now we're planning on a third conference. We're really close to being done planning it, and that's happening in October in San Francisco. So, a lot of stuff. There's, oh. I feel like I just told you the top half of a iceberg right yeah, yeah I, I, we can yeah it's yeah, there's right. a, it goes more into depth we've had a plethora of design advisors and so many people um that have really helped us shape and influence the direction of the organization which is how it should be mm-hmm. if you're an organization that is there to help the community your door should always be open to getting to, to hearing voices from yeah. everyone not just your internal team but you know you should welcome people's opinions mm-hmm. right so absolutely so that's a little bit of advanced design advanced design, mm-hmm. advanced design. Yeah, yeah pretty impressive thank you very much yeah really appreciate that but uh yeah i mean tell me about you tell me about you know where you went to school and how you ended up working or how you ended up here in chicago right Sure. So I started out in design, you know, quite early. I mean, everybody knows the topic, obviously, about you know, building mm-hmm. Legos and so on when they're younger, right? But I also, when I was 16, I started to work uh, beside school at an uh, advertising agency. So I did a lot of graphics design. For at them. 16? At 16. Oh, uh, my God. Uh, but I was just beside school. It was actually mandatory from school. And actually, I didn't earn any dollar there. So it was okay. completely, you know, it didn't look back then like a great experience. Mm-hmm. I didn't got any thing out of it financially but early on learned like you know in design and all these programs mm. and i also felt quite early strong drive somehow to go into you know a creative space somewhere between technology and art or technology and design that's mm-hmm. what i felt like was a good spot and then i went into it pretty early and you know got some experience in model building and um, did a lot of sketching obviously this was really also a driver for me to go into design uh Mika di Tullo and uh, mm-hmm. all these great uh, Spencer Nugent and all these great sketching these guys great right? yeah. yeah I really love to do this and uh, this was definitely also an inspiration for me to go into the space so then I ended up studying industrial design in mm-hmm. uh, Falcon University in Essen and also you know during that time and also before that I I also got quite a bit of an experience in interface design and, uh, you know, graphic design and so on, like I was saying earlier. So, you know, some of the comments I also got during the internship was, you know, you know, just stick to interface design. design. There's so much these jobs, Mm -hmm. you know, don't even, you know, there's no need to also add this industrial design part to it. So, and that challenged me a little bit. And uh, I kept on studying industrial design and I went to internship at, you know, Bosch and, um, and Wolfreich and in Düsseldorf and really try to combine these two worlds mm. of interaction, UX UI design and industrial design. And then I ended up doing the master at Advanced Product Design Program and Human Institute of Design Revenue Northern Sweden. Wow. Umeo. And again, I tried to really connect uh, the dots there and my past experiences on um, UX UI design and industrial design. In between, there was like one year break during the master degree program, which is like really common there. Mm-hmm. Again, again, some practice. I went to Bosch, you know, did my thesis in industrial design. Actually, I did a service design project. So again, tried to you know blur the boundaries a little bit. So and then after that time working on a service design project, I then went uh, for one year to the U.S. So I was Javier here at Minimal Chicago, mm-hmm. and then 
uh, Javier and uh, DesignWorks in LA, BMW DesignWorks, mostly working on you know product and industrial design. And then I went back to Sweden for a short amount of time to finish up some courses and then started to work on a master degree thesis where I really tried to you know, you know combine all of these things that mm-hmm. I learned now in these different aspects around design. Because as soon as you, you know, tell them what you, you know, study, people try to put it into boxes and I mm-hmm. wanted to break this up a little bit. So um, yeah, then I got the opportunity to do my master thesis at BMW, which you know, part of that I was you know, presenting here at the conference today and later on started working at BMW, you know, really great experience. Actually, you know, a couple of years ago, I told everyone I will never go into automotive, right? <laughs> <laughs> Because uh, when I was, you know, getting into design, it was very popular in industry, mm-hmm. obviously, to go to an automotive company and do, do transportation mm-hmm. or car design, right? I wanted to do more problem-solving design. But, you know, now, actually, the conversation in the industry is a completely different one, right? So now everyone talks about autonomous driving, electrification, yep. digital services. So now, actually, this space, I was, you know, telling everyone when I was getting into, you know, design, I don't want to go into the space. Now, suddenly, it's a completely different space. And it's, I think, super attractive for um, designers to, you know, shape this future about uh, mobility. And maybe a bit of a story why I started the podcast. So I, you know, end up doing a couple of lectures at universities. Uh, I started to work at BMW. Every time I was in university and uh, gave a, a lecture there, sometimes I also shared a little bit of my own journey, things I learned. And it was extremely rewarding afterwards if, you know, young design students approached me and say, hey, this was interesting. Can you give me some advice? Or mm-hmm. hey, let's, can you introduce me to somebody? And I really start to enjoy that a lot, that feeling that you provided value to others and that you were somehow valuable or made a positive contribution to somebody and you helped somebody. And, you know, it just feels like a really positive thing to do. And I was just thinking, okay, how could I, you know, potentially scale that? Uh, I didn't want to go in education yet, maybe at some point. At the same time, I was also, you know, visiting China a few times and saw so many people running around with headphones there mm-hmm. and just looking at their smartphones so much. I saw maybe podcasting is a good way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so then this whole idea started about like hey how about creating a podcast to you know exactly do what i did at university try to be helpful and you know inspire people obviously looked a little bit on what kind of podcasts or programs are already out there i was mm-hmm. like you guys doing an amazing job <laughs> uh, and also you know had to look a little bit okay i mean there's already a lot and already a lot of great things mm-hmm. there so i need to come from a different angle and maybe do something uh, that hasn't been addressed yet or you know add another thing to the, the yep. bigger puzzle so the topic of the podcast is it's called design drive so design drives question mark yep. what what is design driving yep. so the whole idea is about exploring with designers you know looking back at their career and look on the learnings where they had the fitting design had a really big impact mm-hmm. and i hope you know, ultimately this is inspiring designers to use design or you know be inspired about what design can do and drive positive things or have impact so that's basically the whole idea that's awesome that's um i think the more people what you're doing is you're giving someone a voice to talk about their opinions about design to add to the conversation of design yeah and i think a podcast is a good way especially since everyone has their headphones on yeah. right <laughs> or, or people drive you know i, I yeah, listen yeah, to I podcasts when i'm driving um uh, when i'm driving long distances so that's yeah. awesome that's amazing that's fantastic yeah, yeah. i think it's podcast also a casual format mm-hmm. right to start that kind of uh, topics uh, exactly. i think it has the lowest entry barrier um, i also need to do this somehow 
besides my work time. Mm-hmm. That time is very limited. So, you know, and then podcast is, a, I think, a format that has a really low entry barrier. So, as, so technically, you can teach at a university level as a professor. Do you ever think about that? I did guest lectures at universities, which, you know, like I was explaining earlier, was mm-hmm. inspiration for me to, you know, do this, you know, in a different format and like on a scale format. So, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely, I could imagine that doing that yeah. uh, at some point there. Yeah, I, I know a lot of younger people have their graduate, you know, degrees. And I'm always encouraging them, like, think about going, you know, think about going into education because we need more younger educators um, to complement, you know, the current educators that exist right now and bring a different style and a different way of teaching, you Mm. know. So that's awesome. Yeah. That's very good. And you have quite a impressive list of places that you've worked at and now you're at BMW, right? So you should be really proud of yourself <laughs> it's really awesome like yeah. it's it's really it's it's awesome yeah thank you yeah. maybe reflecting a little bit on the conference here mm-hmm. um you know adc i was talking earlier to uh, chris uh, this about chicago as a design community i mean you're strongly you know connected to chicago mm-hmm. i want a little bit about uh, what is your view on the, the design the design scene here in chicago. Yeah, chicago i mean it's it's its own little world bubble i guess here in chicago um, you know, you look at the design scene in San Francisco, New York City, and Chicago. Um, there's a lot of design, um, not just industrial design. There's a lot of, like, UX is blowing up here, right? Um, the term product design, right, can be used in so mm. many different ways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that's a whole other topic, Yeah, that's right? a whole other. Yeah, I mean, the West Loop here in Chicago is blowing up with design studios like google's moving in google is building a ux team i think next year in that area right where minimal's at yeah um you know facebook has a presence here um a lot of really you know elite prestigious ux firms that are actually a part of the chicago design experience uh it's like a studio tour that's happening tomorrow after the the conference is over they're opening their doors and then a lot of industrial design firms are also evolving into practice UI UX. So um, if we're only talking about traditional design, you know, it's it's pretty big, but the design scene in general, it's I think it's pretty on a scale. If you include other things, you know, yeah. visual communication, UI yeah. UX. Um, yeah, it's a it's a. I think this is a design city, and obviously complementary to just the great architecture that's here like there's a lot of overlap um yeah and i've been a part of you know the idea say leadership for this is my 10th year Hmm. it's a long time (laughs) uh this is my 10th year and um you know i feel like design in chicago is finally mature yeah um because you know when i started you know having IDSA events, it was hard because you were asking sometimes the same people, you know, to host an event and, you know, you don't, you want to keep events exciting and new locations, new speakers, but now it's like, you know, so different. So, and, uh, you know, some studios have closed their doors, some have opened, some have been bought out by design research companies, you know, like Lunar, right, was Mm -hmm. here and now they're McKenzie. So, yeah, it's a pretty rich history of the design culture here. So, 
And this is the second, I think this is the second international design conference that has happened in Chicago. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, you, you mean got, actually IDC, the mm-hmm. second one of yeah. IDC here in Chicago? Yep. All right. Yeah. The first one was like in 2010. Oh. Okay. Um, yeah, like down, it was down the street. But yeah, I mean, it's cool. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. I think what needs to happen is design education needs to keep up with the pace of the demand of professional jobs here. Yeah. Right now, there's only like one institution that teaches undergraduate design, like industrial design. And then there's, you know, multiple Mm -hmm. graduate schools, but there needs to be more. And I think that's another reason why I started Advanced Design, right? It's another resource for free education and things like that so but there's other you know aiga exists idsa there's a women in design organization there's a lot of it's thriving right so yeah you know you were just mentioning a little bit like education system you know i think what's also super interesting is that i think there's this whole uh, topic of the disruption of the education Mm -hmm. system right especially if we look at discussions that happening around the future of universities right is you know is it still valuable to go for people to go to harvard or like Mm -hmm. spend all these money on education and this whole market that is starting to you know pop up about like you know uh, private programs Mm -hmm. or let's say um, other uh, initiatives that you know try to you know, bring education uh, to people with uh, in a different format and uh, also uh, bringing in things that are important in the digital age, right? What I see from Advanced Design, I think yeah. Advanced Design is also a participant, I think, in, in that kind of conversation, <laughs> right? We are trying to, and there's internally we've talked about how can we be a disruptor, right? Yeah. Especially myself being in education, I know the good stuff and obviously like things that need to be worked on, right? Education is not perfect, but um, it should always be evolving. And sometimes it, it's not, it, sometimes it's stagnant. And sometimes, you know, it just really depends on the institution and the faculty, the team and things like that. Um, but um, yeah, you know, the way that I see design education and the way that I would want design education to be is more of this apprenticeship format. The reason why I'm saying that is I'm a really big fan of uh, Dwayne Edward. He started Pencil Mm -hmm. in Portland. Mm. And the way that he does it is he has, you know, this boot camp style of Mm -hmm. where students are like taking a class and it's very intense, right? You go through really intense footwear training and at the end, you know, Pencil guarantees that these students are like the best of the best Mm -hmm. and there's companies waiting There's companies lined up waiting to hire them like that sounds awesome, right? Like Mm -hmm. apprenticeship, you know, like um, The student is also is learning from an educator, but also from industry professionals. Yeah, right and I think that that's a concept that I will love to iterate on Mm-hmm. bring other people into the program. Mm-hmm. It's interesting, I mean, if you look at the Swedish education system, you know, mm-hmm. Umeå, 
what they do, they have you know, one professor for each program there. Um, so in product design, it's Thomas Degen. And so you have one full-time person being there and being uh, in charge of the program. But then for every program, they actually bring in another external you know, advisor, hmm. or, uh, somebody from the industry that yeah. you know, is there for the project and you know, brings in the, the industry perspective. And right. similar a little bit mm-hmm. what you were saying. I, say, I don't think to that degree. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, too. there's it's definitely a problem. It's a design problem. We're designers, right? right. Let's find a way to really change... Um, and supplement what's already been built, right? Education has been around forever. But I feel like design education um, well, hasn't. And since education has been around forever, we just kind of adapted what existed and we just built a curriculum around that. Mm. So, you know, especially now where industrial design is changing and evolving, we need to adapt. We need to there needs to be a reflection of industry to what we're teaching and that's going to piss people off because there's educators who have been edu- teaching 40 50 years yeah, yeah and they obviously don't like they don't like things to change right so mm-hmm. but um you know sometimes you have to do things that aren't popular yeah absolutely. and that's how that's how disruption happens right yeah. i don't know it's something that i've always always been thinking about it and um, right now, I'm at, you know, where I teach, I'm not like a senior faculty. Mm-hmm. Um, so I could only like voice my opinion. Um, but hopefully in the near future, I'm in a position where I'm able to make decisions that really affect the students, right? That oh, yeah. So. so where do you see the, the whole organization going? There's been interesting things, for example, you, you know, you were just explaining that you were starting out with advanced sketching uh, design mm-hmm. and then you drop the sketching part, right? right? And now you have advanced design, mm-hmm. uh, which can either be advanced design or advanced design, right? Uh, <laughs> we, you know, we thought about that. Yeah, when we I were, assume so. Yeah, right? when, yeah. when we were rebranding, um, we rebranded because it was called advanced design sketching. We dropped the sketching because, you know, if your organization, especially the name advanced design sketching is extremely niche. Mm-hmm. Like it, it sounds like all you do is sketching and yeah. very foundational stuff, which is completely fine. But your organization can't really grow from that because all you're going to be doing is you're, you're, you're almost, you know, you're hostage to the name, right? So we dropped the name. We were branded to advanced design. We thought about advance without the D because you're advancing design design as a discipline right? exactly yeah. and it was something that we thought about and we fought like man should it be this or should it be that right um you could do some interesting games with like you know it's ending <laughs> with a d right it and it starts with a d, d so yeah so it, it would have been together right yeah. that that's clever um we we definitely thought about it but we felt that it was right to drop sketching because it, it would allow us to open the door to invite other disciplines in mm-hmm. Obviously, our foundational, you know, our our mantra is always going to be in sketching, communicating, and things like that. That's always, that's a, a, a foundational skill that every designer has. And we're never going to shy away from that. At our conferences, we're always going to have a designer sketching, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it also, we, as an organization, we wanted to get bigger. We wanted to evolve. And by dropping sketching, we were able to then have conversations with other speakers in UI UX or 
graphic design or architecture or engineering or interior design, whatever the case may be, without them having to tell us like, do I have to sketch, <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. Like it's a, it's a very awkward conversation. I think that was the right decision moving forward. Um, it allowed us to partner up with so many people and allowed us to also partner up with other sponsorships and it really opened the doors for us to invite different perspectives, mm -hmm. right? Um, so, yeah, we were branded and um, we haven't looked back yet. Mm -hmm. Even the logo, if you look at the logo, it's like this squircle. It's yeah. a squircle. And when the two designers on my team, they worked on it and they brought it to us, we were like, like, even the logo could, it's so abstract that it can be so many things, right? And we liked that it was like a blob and yeah. When I was seeing it for the first time, I was in connection to the Apple logo a little bit, like the, <laughs> the passion of yours. Yeah. 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 And like, surprisingly, like I, like I said, I, the team is autonomous. They bring these ideas and it's a collective. We're all like, yes, let's vote on this or no, let's not do it. But we have a discussion about it, right? Mm -hmm. I try to do my best to influence my decision, <laughs> but it's the team. Yeah. <laughs> so, what's the grand vision for advances on the long term? You mentioning already like, taking on all the disciplines, <clears throat> right? Mm -hmm. UX and so on. Uh, but you know, what's the right the like the vision? the big the grand vision? So yeah. we, you know, we're doing so many things. We're doing high school outreach. Uh, podcasts events uh, conferences um we just got a we just got a space in the west loop so oh nice it's a small space but it's a space that we can meet wow. and we're thinking of having a small event there um mm -hmm. but it'd be really cool like i i personally would it would be awesome if we had a bigger space for us to really build out this apprenticeship program that i'm talking about mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, I've been personally meeting with designers here in Chicago about creating this vision for what mm. can this apprenticeship program Interesting. be and they're on board and they're like, okay, right. Like how do we make this real? Right. And that's going to take time and it's going to take strategy. Mm -hmm. Um, but honestly, the, as far as the vision, that's my vision, mm -hmm. right? It doesn't, I still got to talk to the team about it. <laughs> And if they're like, nope, <laughs> then I need to. But um, honestly, the vision is, is I leave that up. I have my own personal vision, but what we want to do for the next year, it really comes down to what the design team is doing, the thing, their ideas, you know, that's how our initiative started. Someone had an epiphany. They're like, oh my God, I think we should do this. And, and they organize it and they developed it into an idea. And now they're make now they're executing it. Um, it's really going to come down to what the team comes up with. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, this year we're in San Francisco. Next year we're in another city, not in Chicago. Um, so, it, you know, I like that right now we're traveling to different parts of the country. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, because I think the one vision that we have really been kept you know we, we kept true to ourselves is that we want education to be accessible mm -hmm. right we don't like you can go to a lot of conferences and they're so expensive yeah and if you're a student you can't afford that 
and that's not fair. Yeah. Right. I was in that position once. So we want to make education as accessible as possible, which is probably why we're traveling mm-hmm. to other cities. Um, you know, we're always going to be in Chicago. We have events here. So, you to know, enable this in different cities, right? Exactly. Saying, right? Um, we have events here, too. So if if you know, don't think that we're abandoning in Chicago, we have events here and we have had events here. So if you think that, you know, we're abandoning Chicago, like, you know, ask yourself, have you attended our events mm-hmm. in Chicago? Right. Um, but yeah, no, we're having events in New York City. We're having, you know, we have a presence in Milwaukee and San Francisco. So. Yeah, um, I don't have a like a, a long term answer for you, no. but short term, honestly, the organization is only three years old and we're starting to learn how to walk. Yeah, <laughs> I did have an epiphany that I'll share with you. That I guess this will be the first time that I share it with the rest of of the world. I would like to have a square one version or a version of square one, but specifically in high school. Mm, interesting so mm. only for high school students and I, you know I think we can allow college students because it would be really cool for high school students to work with college students right mm-hmm. like in a team or whatever that but it would be really cool to bring real professional industrial designers into the high school setting and we would so have even earlier than university right yeah, yeah. And so we would have to do it in a high school that already supports design and has that curriculum mm-hmm. um, and there's some here in Chicago so yeah i was just talking with chris before about schools like when they try to bring design thinking uh, to that kind of classes and just you know enable yeah. you, know, you know create a problem solve yeah i mean d- design has not a, a lot visibility in high school right mm-hmm. the whole creative industry maybe i don't know how it is in the us but mm-hmm. at least in europe uh, you really have to dig deeper into potential jobs <laughs> yeah. to find out about design right mm-hmm. Uh, it's not really, you know, part of the the big conversations about like yeah. the directions you can go after high school. It's the same thing here, yeah. unless you go to a very, like a very a, cat- a school that caters towards art, design, and engineer or something like that, right? Like you have to go to a very yeah. specialty school. I I was lucky. I went to a performing arts school in Chicago and performing arts, so music, dance, theater, uh, and. When you go to the school, your first year, you have to uh, select a major. Mm-hmm. So you have to select something that you're going to you're going to take that those courses for the rest of high school. And I I stumbled upon set design. Mm, okay. So theater and you design the sets, you know, and it was super fun. Yeah. Because you, the high school the high school plays were funny and you know yeah. like you had um, and. When I was in high school, one of my sculpture students or one of my sculpture teachers was like, "Hey, um, you know your toy, your your sketches for the sets are very playful. Mm-hmm. You should look into like toy design." Mm-hmm. And he went to a school in Kansas, and he was like, "I think there's like an industrial design school there. Like you should look it up." And I started looking into it, but nothing really happened. And so I went to college. I went to college with with the intention of continuing set design and then i didn't like it <laughs> and then that's when i transitioned over like okay well i know there has to be a design program here but i know like i wanted to do design i just didn't know what yeah and um you know that's 
I went to go visit that school of design and walked by an office. The door was open, and I asked a professor, like, hey, like, what's industrial design? Mm-hmm. And she was like, industrial design is everything. And I was just like, what the All fuck? Right. What the fuck? Yeah, like, that's so, f- like, I don't know if she was being so high level. <laughs> totally because, macro, huh? Yeah, this, this naive student who wanted like a practical answer of what it was she was like everything and that her answer freaked me out that i like walked backwards out of her office like okay <laughs> and I, i then proceeded to then you know apply for it mm-hmm. <laughs> for me it was literally i noticed i want to go into the creative space mm-hmm. then i there was a book Uh, with in Germany with all potential jobs all jobs that are German oh, wow. at least right yeah. so it's like that thick right Jeez. <laughs> so it's just like all jobs basically and then mm-hmm. I always had a little bit of description and I went through this whole book I didn't read everything I was glimpsing to a lot of things mm-hmm. but I was stuck with product design and industry design there was like wow. there was like that sounds pretty interesting yeah. and then uh, it's it's amazing like it's I know everyone has a story of oh I didn't find design until university or Or, you know, like you said, I played with Legos or something like that, right? Yeah. Like, there's something creative that you did. Yeah. Um, and then, like, every like these stories are so unique. That, and our industry is so small, right? And it's like, all, we all got here by chance, right? Or we got here by luck because someone either told you something or mm. they gave you Legos to play with. But it, it like it's crazy, you know. It's not like you go like when you go to school in high school, they teach you math, science, English, you know. And if you want to be a math, you know, mathematician, like they have it. Right? You get exposed to yeah. math and great design. School. You have to choose. Uh, yeah, in design, you, you, it's like right? a it's like a needle in a haystack. Yeah, like you have to find about it, and then one, then you have to like it, and when you find out about design. Go and play the lottery. You know, because it's like the odds of that happening are like crazy. So. I think we need to wrap this up. Yeah, absolutely. Um, um, really, it was really a pleasure to speak to you. and like, Absolutely. You know, really inspiring to hear the, the journey of advances. And- I appreciate you, uh, you know, telling us about your origin story and studying in so many places. And um, you're younger than I am, I think. 27. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> I, I'm turning 33 tomorrow. All right. But, man, you know, when I was 27 years old, I think I was first starting grad school and I didn't know what I was doing. And at this conference, I'm meeting so many of these young designers. Yourself, I just met with Laura. She's like 26. Hmm. Everyone's like kicking ass. But are... even if, if I look back to the university now and Yomio yeah. and like see these guys doing projects, I think like, wow. Like I think the the level is always rising. It's yeah, it puts pressure on the older people. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, yeah, they're coming after our jobs. But no, thank you so much for your time. Yeah, thank you so much. Um, you know, we really have to take advantage of our stories because you know you're coming from Munich. You know, like it's not every day that you come to Chicago. Mm. Um, so I'm really happy that this was able to happen. And you know, I I heard that you're interviewing other amazing people, which is fantastic. In our caption for context, I'll put, you know, um, your information and I'll make sure that people know what you're doing, who you are. Um, so, Likewise, yeah. Because it's it's an amazing, amazing work that you're doing and uh, your podcast is awesome because this mic <laughs> looks really awesome. 
Um, but yeah, let's let's build the design future together, and whatever yeah. we can do to support you, you know, let us know, and we'll be there. Yeah, same on my side. Yeah. So, cool. thank you so much, thank Sebastian. You. Then thank you for tuning in to Contacts and into Design Drives. <laughs>